Welcome to the For Men Only podcast, where we want to encourage, instruct, and challenge you to be the best man you can become. Well, hello, men. This is Dr. Adam Bureau, and it's my privilege to share with you for this For Men Only segment. Once again, we're hitting on things that God has called us to be, how we can really live out this life as men in the kingdom of God. And I, I want to look at some foundational stuff, so foundational that it, it does apply to everyone in the body of Christ, man, woman, and child. But I mean, if it applies to everyone, we as men can't overlook it like, oh, it's not a man's thing, so I'm just going to ignore that. No, this is so foundational. We all need to get this. And Although it is a reality for men, women, children in the kingdom of God, I think there is a special sort of an application for us as men. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is one of those constitutional type statements. I I look at it that way. This is God laying out a roadmap, a constitution of what he expects his people to look like, how they're supposed to operate, what their identity is. And this This identity for the people of God to be a priestly sort of people, to be a people who stand between God and humanity and bridge that gap, drawing other people into God's presence and calling on the presence of God and establishing that holy place, that place where there's the freedom of spirit that God can openly interact with his people to create this holy space. This is really what the calling of the church is, the calling of all of us as Christians is. So as men, we need to understand that we have been called by God to be priests, priests in our houses, priests in our community, priests for our wives, priests for our children, priests in whatever sphere of influence God has entrusted you with, you are there as somebody who is bridging that gap between heaven and earth. This is who we are. And you know, this goes all the way back to God's initial calling of Israel out of Egypt. He gives this same sort of constitution to Israel there. In Exodus chapter 19, when he's drawn them out, they're no longer slaves, they're a freed people, but what sort of people are they going to be? God declares this over them there and then as well. And why do I mention this? My point in bringing that up is that this has always been the pattern. This has always been God's desire. This is something that isn't going away anytime soon, by the way. As long as there is this heaven and earth separation, God is looking for people, looking for men especially, I would say, like you and I, that can bridge that gap, that can bring heaven's influence on earth. 
And, you know, even beyond that formation of Israel as a nation, as a priestly people, to be his special treasure, to be his called out ones, to show the nations of the world what it looked like to know the true living God and to serve him. Even before that, in the days of the patriarchs, we see this same reality carried forward. We see men like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and even the book of Job. You think about it. These are men who built altars, men who went day by day to the presence of God. They didn't have elaborate temples. They didn't even have the Bible like we have, but they had a relationship with God. And their relationship with God wasn't just a quote-unquote personal relationship. We tend to focus on that, and it's so key that we have a personal relationship. That's where it starts. But once you have that personal relationship with God established, like these patriarchs, then you realize that you have a role to play that goes into your other relationships. It goes into your family, into your tribe, into the nation, that you are one that is going to deal with spiritual issues in your house. And that's a beautiful thing that we see about these amazing men. These were men who declared the blessings of God by the Spirit of God. These weren't just empty words that they said by route, but they drew upon the Spirit of God and declared many times blessings that were prophetic, that really marked out the the path, the destiny of their households. We can see the future of sometimes tribes and the nation of Israel and ultimately even us as we have now become part of the people of God as well. These men, thousands of years ago, by simply declaring by the Spirit of God blessing over their children, were actually shaping the future that affects us even today. It's amazing to think about the responsibility and the privilege that they walked in, and we have been called to walk in as priests, priests of our households, I'll say that again, to speak blessing over our children, to deal with the sin issues, yes, first and foremost, in our own hearts, right? We are to come to God transparently, openly, God, here's my heart, here's my struggles, here's my garbage, Lord, forgive me, Lord, cleanse me, but also to be those proactive spiritual leaders that bring our family issues to the altar. And I mean, that doesn't always mean calling out people. That doesn't always mean, you know, drilling your children about the the little things that they're slipping up on. This is first and foremost an intercessory role where we bring these issues before God in the secret place. And then as God leads and instructs and shapes us through prayer, yes, to deal with things and to speak into things as we need to. So these were men, and we are called to be men who are mediators, who stand in the gap to model prayer and to pass on the knowledge of God. You know, 
I think about Abraham in particular. He's such an important man in Scripture. And the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, that I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. That's an amazing statement for a lot of reasons. Number one, God understood that when he called Abraham, it was more than just Abraham. It was a generational influence. It was, it was that first stone that began rolling that was going to cause an avalanche, or you want to call it that, that snowball that begins to grow as it rolls further and further down the hill. God is starting with something as small as a humble, consecrated man who's willing to stand in the gap and what? If that man would stand in, in that priestly place for his family and model righteousness, enact justice, that is what's going to set things in motion to bring the promises to pass for generation after generation. I love, I love this whole thing. I mean, the Bible is so full of this priestly calling, and, and it's so easy to overlook if we're not, if we don't have our eyes open to see it. But let's just go back for a moment to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says that we are called to be a holy priesthood with a purpose. And it says specifically this, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, I've written on this at length in the past. I have a book called The Kingdom of Priests, and God was reminding me of that as I was praying for you guys and, and seeking him for what I should share, and, and he took me to this material. And really, what I was able to find in Scripture in the New Testament, because yes, these guys lived thousands of years ago, and it was Old Covenant, and they literally built stone altars, and they, you know, they slaughtered animals and offered blood sacrifices. That, that's not our deal, right? I mean, we all love a good barbecue, but that's a quite different thing than a blood sacrifice, right? But there are spiritual sacrifices that we can bring before God. And this is part of our priestly role. It's, you can't be a priest and not offer sacrifice. They just go hand in hand. They're, they're, they're intrinsically connected. First of all, this should be a simple one to think about, but God has called us to material sacrifice. As I said, not to sacrifice animals and pour out blood and, and all of those Old Testament things. No, but to put our resources at God's disposal. We are supposed to live lives where we are not using 100% of our resources just for our own ends, our own interests, our own desires. And let's face it, living in a fairly comfortable North American society, it's very easy to just swipe a card, you know, without thinking about it, maybe not even thinking about how I'm going to pay that card at the end of the month. And what? 
We're using up the resources that God has given us. We're not stewarding always very well the, the resources that God has given us when he wants us to be an example of restraint, an example of discipline. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Not one we like to talk about too much. If we're filled with the Spirit of God, we're supposed to have control of our desires. Just look at this verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 18. It says, The things sent from you, Paul telling the Philippian church, they are a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Here's a church who loved the Apostle Paul, who loved the gospel, who loved the advancing of the kingdom of God, and they said, we're going to invest into people that are doing the work of the gospel. We're not just going to cushion our lives and, and add to our comforts. We're going to give sacrificially to somebody who's in greater need than we are. This is one of the things that we do as priests. We sacrifice, we use our resources to advance kingdom purposes. Another amazing sacrifice that the Bible speaks about in the New Testament is the sacrifice of praise. I mean, if you just go down a little further in 1 Peter chapter 2, our key passage here, it says that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen to that. We are called to declare, to praise, to exalt the wonders of God. And if you go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says explicitly, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I, I want to tell you something. Your children, your wives, and whoever has their eyes on you as an example needs to see you praise, needs to know you pray, needs to see you as an example, as a model of spiritual life. Don't assume that pastors and other leaders or even your wife is going to model all of these things. A lot of children, a lot of boys grow up assuming that these are things that maybe women do. These are not things that just women do, right? Once again, who were the spiritual leaders of these households in ancient days? It was the fathers of the families. That's not to put women aside. That's just to say we've gotten things way out of skew here. We, we've gotten things out of kilter, and we need to rise up in that spiritual role for our households. And you may not be a singer. You may not be a musician. You may not even be comfortable in modeling some of these things, but you need to set your face, seek the Lord, and be ready to humble yourself. If that means singing poorly, if that means looking silly, dancing in church or, or with your kids or whatever that is, set the example that it's okay to be undignified in the presence of God like David was undignified as he ushered in the presence of God, the ark of God, to his household, to his city, Jerusalem. 
And of course, this all is rooted ultimately in self-sacrifice. Listen to the Apostle Paul once again. This is in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, we are called to lay our own lives. It says our bodies. How do you lay your body as a living sacrifice? I mean, you're not literally laying on an altar. Nothing's getting slaughtered here. What's the whole deal? This is supposed to be evident in your physical, external life. This is not just an internal heart relationship with the Lord that's my business and nobody knows about it, but no, we are supposed to live a life of personal self-sacrifice where we set aside who we are and we allow the Lord to truly grab a hold of us. And go ahead and look at Romans chapter 12. This is the setup for true life in community, for true gifted service within church and for our families. This place of sacrifice is what sets us up for everything else. And if we can't get this right, you know, we can get excited about spiritual gifts and prophecy and healing and this and that and the other thing, but this is the place where that is all supposed to be birthed from, where we lay our own life, spirit, soul, body, our private life, our public life, all that we are, in a place of sacrifice, and we say, like Isaiah and so many others said in Scripture, here I am, Lord. Send me. Use me. Do what you want with me. As Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. Here I am, Lord, to be this special possession of yours that I can really be a priest to my family. You know, this, this doesn't all come naturally. This doesn't all come just because you, you open your Bible for a few minutes every day. This doesn't come that way. This comes with meeting with God regularly in that altar that you establish in your home. Going and meeting with the Lord. Dealing with your issues. Putting yourself on the altar and ultimately saying, okay, Lord, now let's do business. What do you want to do with my family? What do you want to do through me in all the areas of my life? Lord, show me what it means to be a priest. Show me what it means to be this holy nation. Because God, I want to be a man who changes things. I want to be a man who really is living according to your word. So let me just read you one last passage here in 1 Peter. We're down into, we're in chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. It says, I urge you as, as strangers and pilgrims to abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Keep your conduct 
among the outsiders as honorable. So when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And that's my word of encouragement to you, brothers, that no matter what people say now, if you live, if you if you make war, you wage war, push back against the desires of the flesh, you win that soul battle, and you realize that you're just passing through this world and that you have a higher calling than what the world has to offer, that no matter the opposition you have now, one day your life will speak for itself. And people will look at you and say, you know, I don't always get this guy. I don't always agree with this guy. But I know where he stands. I know who he serves and his works, his his yes, his internal life, but also his, his external public life testifies. It praises God. It shows us the Lord that he has given his allegiance to. So I don't know about you. That's, that's something that stirs in my soul. Lord, make me a priest. I just pray for you today as you listen to this. Lord, stir a desire in my brother's heart that he would find the time and the desire. Lord, stir that desire for him to build that spiritual altar and help him to bring true sacrifices, not just songs, not just route prayers, but God, true living spiritual sacrifices that you desire that are so pleasing to you. God, I ask you to draw them into this place as priests that you have established for us in Jesus' name. I hope you've been encouraged. I've hoped you've learned something today. And I encourage you to tune in for more of these For Men Only blogs. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Share it with a friend or a family member and get the word out there. If you would like some more content, please join our Facebook page, For Men Only, or subscribe to the newsletter, which is on the Faith Alive Family Church's website, fafc.ca, and click the link. Now let's become the men God has called us to be.